You're listening to Tabletop and Beyond, Guild 9 Gaming Podcast, covering board games to war games and beyond. Welcome back to Tabletop and Beyond. Thank you for joining us today. We've got a, an interesting episode for you. We're calling it our potpourri, or as the French say, potpourri. I'm here as your host, Justin, and I'm here with my man, Jason, and my man, Dan. What's up, guys? Luke, go to the Dagobah system and stop kissing your sister. It's creeping everyone out. (laughs) Obviously, today we're recording on May the 4th, so may the 4th be with you, Dan. Woohoo! It's it's basically Dan's Super Bowl day. Yes, it is. Well, you know, you pair that with Cinco de Mayo, and it's just two days of magic. Magic. It is, especially when Cinco de Mayo falls on Taco Tuesday. On Taco year. Tuesday. This is like the, the Ragnarok of great moments, of great to- holidays. Totally. Here. And unfortunately, we're all stuck inside for it. Oh. Yep. It's a real bummer. Um, like okay. I said, yeah, like I said in the beginning, um, we've got an interesting episode for you. We have a couple of topics, and we're just going to talk until we feel like we're done. So we may hit them all. We may not hit all of them. It'll just be up to what we feel like. So we stick may with us. die prematurely during the conversation. You it don't may know. happen. Who knows? No one knows. Um, so let's kick it off. Dan, how was your geek week? It was great. The biggest problem I had was figuring out where to park my super star destroyer when strangers are coming over. Um, how, how does that make any sense at all? Well, I was the guy who bought the 24-inch super star destroyer miniature from FFG. And it is beautiful, and it is my favorite mini, but now that I've packed all my gaming stuff away, and it's technically in a storage unit right now, I could not pack away the Super Star Destroyer. Can you really call it a mini at that point? It's I mean, not honestly, a mini. Well, I mean... It's, it's a figurine. So it's a <laughs> mech. It's, it's supposed to be Macro. a kilometer long, I guess. Yeah. Uh, but uh, so we're our house is open, and strangers come in to think about buying it, and I have parked uh said super star destroyer under um under a countertop i have in the basement that's relatively empty now but anybody walking through the basement can look around and see what we've got and also see my very nerdy super star destroyer hidden under the counter um so so a couple years back well about two years now back um when we were looking for houses um i was just getting into painting and and doing a lot of hobbying and stuff like that and um it was a known requirement for us that i needed a hobby space like i needed a space where i could put a little desk and hobby permanently because i was using the kitchen table and it was a real pain to haul all of my stuff and put Mm -hmm. it out and then put it all away again i just needed a place where i could just kind of leave it out and get to it and i've noticed i hobby a lot more with a dedicated space right well um as we're going through the houses we go in this one house and my kids come barreling up from the downstairs and like dad 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 you gotta come check this out and we go downstairs and there is this like room that has these like dedicated led lights over this like built-in desk and there's these shelves and i'm like this looks like something, right? And I started to go in, and this guy had shelves and shelves and shelves of old Warhammer Fantasy wow. f- miniatures. <laughs> and I'm like, "This is it, Laura. This is the place. I'm We're serious. Home. I I'm I wanted home to now. I wanted to put in a bid right that moment, like an offer. I was like, I want this house, and she's like, I'm not getting this house. The kitchen's terrible. I'm like, Yes, <laughs> but it has a mini dedicated mini stuff. It's already here, you know. So yeah, yeah. Mini's and then, the one you got. 
Was that the one you're in now? Oh, no. No, absolutely not. Oh. (laughs) Because the kitchen was terrible. Yes, it was. Yep, there you go. Done and done. Uh, The other geek thing is I am, because we are moving, I am planning out my next home theater, doing a jump to 4K, and going to sink a little coin into Dolby Atmos, because when you buy... When you buy home theater gear, you have to blow it out because it lasts forever. Like, I still have my 5.1 system that I bought in 2001 is still my clutch system, and, and I'm leaving most of it here It's because it's attached to the wall. So um, time to buy new stuff. That's the other thing. When you're going through a house and deciding what should stay and what should go, you're like, sweetie, I think these five speakers bolted to the wall should stay bolted to the wall. Uh-uh, <laughs> that means I get to buy new ones. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> so that's that's my uh, geek geek week. That's good. And movie nights will be happening soon, right? Well, and they had. They, I'm tired of watching movies in the basement. So it's we're going to come up a level to the to the main mm-hmm. room for nice. for for uh, uh, Adventure Time. There you go. Very good, Jason. What about you? How was your geek week? Uh, so been uh, um, with uh, the quarantine. Um, the uh, I have my wife has seen it. I haven't, but evidently the uh, entire Parks and Rec cast came together and did a quarantine episode for charity, which I thought yeah. was cool. I think they've raised a uh, uh, several million. Uh, it's so um, nice. for that. If you're yeah. watching the show, it's a lot of callbacks. I loved it because yeah. I've, I've wa- I watched that series about once a year. I love it, love it, love it, love it. My yeah. uh, kids and I are watching it right now, and I saw it was available, and I'm like, we can't do it because it. It would have too many spoilers for like the last season, right? Mm-hmm. So yeah, yeah, I guess. So we start. My wife and I started watching um, the ser- the series over again. Oh, so nice. We, yep. So we're burrowing through that, and that's a fun show. You know, because each, each episode, I think, without you know, when you just watch it on streaming without commercials or anything, it's only like twenty five minutes or something. Yeah, yeah, yeah. twenty two something. In fact, yeah, that's so what I was. To... That's what I was literally doing before I came on here. Literally. Watching Parks and Rec. Yeah, with the with the kids and my wife, I was literally go. watching Parks and Rec. Yeah, my favorite uh, part, which comes earlier in the series than I remembered, was when Ron's wives start to come back. In. Oh, the Tammies. Yeah, the, the Tammies. Tammies. Yeah. 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 I yeah, like, yeah, yeah. I thought, my mother's name may also be Tammy. It's like, okay. Do you have a thing? Yeah. Anyway, it's, it's, it's just it's really great. funny. Really funny show. Um, <clears throat> the other thing is uh, I've been really geeking out about designing this game table. Uh, I'm an engineer by trade, so I love, you know, exploring options and modeling. And so I've loaded up some CAD programs. And Boy, been, do you. Yeah, and I've been making, uh, going through several iterations of tables and, and uh, railings and, and bases. And, and I want a table with a vault, but also has leaves so that you can put it in and play on a flat surface. And it's fun because uh, as an engineer, I'm used to soliciting information from lots of people that uh, get noted, and that's about it. <laughs> yeah. I am very aware of making a camel uh, from, you know, uh, the main plans for a horse and uh, also the yep. a lot of fun stuff there. There's a lot of military vehicles that, um, you know, started out as just a transport vehicle. And hey, we should just put a cannon on this and saying, you know, you've got, you know. <laughs> <laughs> that's so, also that's also a Parks one. and Rec uh, yeah. reference too, right? Where he's like, Leslie, you've uh, you know designed yep. a camel. Yep, that was so. uh, yeah early on. 
I think uh, my favorite one so far is that I should uh, make a hydraulic lift system that lowers the table from the ceiling. <laughs> oh, man. <laughs> Ouch. This is Dagger. Where, this is where Discord is not adding value. When, oh, when you get closer to... Yeah. When, yeah. Okay, so I'm trying to answer seriously and thoughtfully. Yes, you are. And I'm like, I wow, appreciate I, that. I, I think there's there's merit here. This is interesting. Let's talk about this because I've built furniture in the past and um, permanent furniture in this house right now. I build and um, design, designed and built, right? Yeah. Um, so I, I enjoy it um, quite a bit. And uh, there's a lot of people on Discord who are just out of their freaking minds and yeah. just <laughs> you know who you are if you're listening you're out of your freaking mind and now it's it seems like fun. they're just trolling you they're just trolling you it's now. good fun there's it's, a yeah i realize that engineer the, there's an engineer trolling you by the way yes yes uh, for the yeah that's true for the record <laughs> i've always been trolling always <laughs> that's just what i do always but uh, uh, yeah, so that's been consuming a lot of my time, um, and you know, my wife kind of looks over and she's like, "Are you redoing the whole table again?" I'm like, <laughs> "Yeah." <laughs> this is after you did a 3D print model too, huh? I do. I 3D printed a. Uh, I have a miniature game table sitting in front of me right now that I 3D printed, that I could hold and turn around and look at. Listen, the it only counts if you paint it. <sighs> I was gonna. Don't do I was it. Gonna, Stop I was it. thinking Stop about it. it. No, 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 no. That's, that's your stress test. I said I on Discord, you have to start putting bricks on it and see where it cracks <laughs> first, man. You know, you put yeah. it in a wind, you got to put it in your wind tunnel of gaming. <laughs> Fun times. Fun times. Anyways, that's been uh, been a lot of my geek week there. Surprisingly, I've not played a lot of video games because I've been just diving into game table design. Oh, you've been in it. You've been yeah. in it to win it. That's for sure. What about you, man? Um, let's see. Uh, I've done a lot of painting. Um, all right, wait, wait, wait. First, before I get into that, I finished the show Devs with my right. wife, which was amazing, by the way. I normally, okay, so let me back up a little bit. My brother, my brother number four, I have, I have there's six kids in our family. I'm brother number one. So brother number four, he is a hype man for anything media. So any kind of movie, any kind of TV series, he thinks everything is amazing. Um, it could be utter garbage, but he thinks it's amazing. I like him. Um, That's what I do. Listen, listen. You and he would get along swimmingly. Um, it's a love fest. Yeah, he's actually a lot of fun, and, you know, sometimes... I mean, I take his recommendations, but I take it with a grain of salt. But he was hyping up this show, Devs, like crazy. I mean, he's texting me, like, every day, like, dude, you've got to start it, you got to start it, you got to start it. And the first episode, I knew he was right. I knew yep. he was mm -hmm. right. It was just so good. It's a grabbing and, episode. Oh, man, you're like, what just happened in this mm -hmm. first episode, right? And as you go on, like, each episode just builds on it, builds on it, and then there's some major twists and turns, and, like, you're just hitting on all of these things, and by the end, um, it was just such a perfect... I, I thought it was a perfect ending. And, um, yeah, I just, uh, I just really, really, really enjoyed it, and it... Is um it was made by the same guy who did the movie Annihilation and Ex Machina, and so if you're familiar with those movies, um, you'll know that uh, it's a kind of a cerebral experience, like where you've got to think about um, you know the philosophy of what's going on, mm -hmm. and the philosophy here 
um, I think is very like a fundamental one, you know, a free will philosophy, and yep. I think it's just fantastic. And the more that they pull the thread through, the more it makes you think about it, and you're actually questioning your own thoughts and feelings. And mm-hmm. I mean, it. And what I what I really loved about it is it explored a lot of philosophy without them literally like verbalizing the philosophy. You know what I mean? Like they didn't have to like. I mean, they talked about it at some points, but really it was sort of like you had to figure out what they were talking about. It was very good. Very, very good. Did you finish it, too? I have not finished it yet, so don't... What what don't. episode are you on? Uh, I think I'm only on, like, episode three. Okay, all right. There's just so much good stuff there. Yeah. I'm not going to talk anymore about it, but it's just so much really, like, great, great thinking. Well, there. it's one of my great topics that I love to bring up that my wife hates when I bring up is the concept of free free choice, whether yeah. we actually have it or if we're – every decision that we make is driven by just the neuron path creation uh, to this point. And um, also other thing, God, what was that movie? that I'm not going to remember it right here in the middle, but that's okay because now you know that I'm a real person. Um, what was the movie with the – it was all about translation – it was uh, the oh, aliens yeah. came down. Um, arrival. Arrival, yes. Not the arrival. The arrival yeah. is a Charlie Sheen movie with backwards knee aliens, but ar- <laughs> yes, arrival. the backwards knee aliens. <laughs> yeah. I remember that. That is the arrival. Yes. Arrival has um, what's her name in it? <laughs> backwards knee aliens. <laughs> wow. She yep. played. Uh, she played uh, Lois Lane and Giselle yeah. and yeah. Enchanted. Uh-huh. She yeah. also has a great like three episode arc. Amy in- Adams. Amy, Amy Adams, Adams. Yep. in The yep. Office. She's in first season of The Office. That's right. She was the better Jan. No, uh, Jan. No, gosh, what was her name? She, Pam. She was, she was better Pam, Pam, right? Isn't that what Michael called yeah. her, something like that? Yeah, cuter. Anyways. Pam. So, anyways, arrive, Arrival. Arrival. Right. Yeah. Yep. With um, the squid guys. Yeah. Very good. Very good movie, but it also dis- it also uh, deals with time travel. Whenever you deal with time travel, you're going to have problems, right? In yep. movies. But uh, one of the things about time travel is specifically things that she learns about her future allow her to make a choice that allows everyone to continue on living. And so my wife's like, isn't that amazing that because even though she knew what was going to happen to her in the future, she still made those choices? I'm like, what makes you think she had the option not to make those choices? (laughs) Because she saw her future. Uh. She has to make those choices. Because that is her future. Yeah. And if she did not make those choices, she would have not learned that information that allowed her to continue on living in the present. And then my yeah. wife's like, oh, you're just taking it. <laughs> I, you ruined her. it. I'm yeah. with her. I'm I know her. you are. We've had this we, discussion before. Let's do a three hour on the nature of time space and time travel <laughs> and just say, guys, buckle up. We're going deep. We're going yep. deep. So, uh, so HBO's The Watchmen um, had Dr. Manhattan in it, right? And he is this all-knowing, omnipotent being, essentially. And it was very similar, right? He was existing in like uh, the 1980s but then also existing in nowadays Mm -hmm, and the conversations he was having with the same person just in a different timeline was affecting the other you know what i mean and it was um i thought it was well done it really kind of just sort of if if you if you go with it it sort of expands your mind on like was this the series or the movie the watchman that was the film was a series i I haven't watched the series at all but i have watched the film numerous times yeah the series takes place like 20 years after what's interesting about the film is that the film directly shot for shot follows the comic book 
Yeah. Right. I don't know if you knew that or not, but like literally, yeah. if you've read the comic book, you will know the next cinematography shot that's happening. I yeah. went that, and watched the the version, the full director's expanded version with the animated sequence sequences. Oh, with the the Black yeah. Freighter or whatever. Yeah, the whatever that was. I mean, mm. I've, mm-hmm. I've I, it's it's a fascinating piece of art. Yeah. Um, and so, and I like I, Damon Lindelof. He's the guy who's doing the new Watchmen series. I just don't have HBO Go, so I. I don't it's like really it. good. It was. Um, I was a little bit worried about it in the beginning because it was a little social justicey, you know. And I'm like, oh mm-hmm. no, we're making a statement. But I felt <laughs> like, you know, <laughs> yeah, it was like great. Um, but I felt like um, the way that it ended up being done was very good. So. Do you know what I mean? Like, it wasn't just we're making a statement because we can. Um, like, it was very relevant to the what mm-hmm. was going on and mm-hmm. in the Watchmen universe as well, you know? So mm-hmm. um, I was dubious after the first, like, two or three episodes, but then it really clicked and started hitting hard and ended up fantastic. But anyway. Well, now that you've spoiled the fact that Manhattan's in it, now i got to watch it. <laughs> <laughs> I guess, well, yeah, maybe I did spoil that, is but it, whatever. Is, is Dr. Manhattan in it, or is it just his penis? Both, <laughs> right? Both and both very large. Oh, great! Now we just we just went to the mature category on the podcast because you, you said a word. Hey, it's it's not a dirty word. It's, it's a, not a dirty word. It's a scientific term. Scientific That's right. Term. Penis, penis, uh, penis, 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 penis. <laughs> great! There goes our kid viewers. All right. Yep. So, um, I Whatever, the last thing I did. Yeah. Last More thirteen-year-old boys. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah, that, <laughs> that demographic just skyrocketed. Yep. Um, <laughs> uh, let's see. The last thing I've been doing, I've been doing a lot of painting, which is good. I'm trying to work through my army. I've kind of set an artificial goal for myself to have my army pretty much painted by the time we get out of this uh, lockdown quarantine thing. And I'm shooting for like mid June. I'm thinking that's about the time that things are going to start reopening again. So. Um, I want to really try to have my army done by then. Um, we'll see if I can get there. But to do that, I have been watching Battlestar Galactica, continuing on with it, as I have been doing that. And I'm in Season 3, Episode 5 now. All right. This is you where they progress. just discovered the alien virus, or the, the, yeah. the virus on the um, base ship, right? Yeah. Yeah. So I just discovered that one. Mm. and um, mm-hmm. I remember. Yeah. So anyway... That's where I'm at right now. So things, the occupation and the whole suicide bombing, you know, mm-hmm. mini Iraq. I, I'm going to be honest with you, Dan. We talked about this. You know, it was an allegory of the Iraq War, right? Yeah. Because that was going on. They got a peabody for that crap. I, I'm going to be honest with you. I wasn't comfortable with what that was meaning because if if the heroes in here were the, uh, you know, the the um, insurgents in Iraq, yeah. that would make Battlestar Galactica Iran. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, it would. <laughs> and that's yeah, kind of scary. And I'm not comfortable were, with that. And the Cylons were America. So, right. you know, that's how you get a Peabody Award. You just trash America. No problem. <laughs> yeah. I'm like, I don't I don't feel comfortable <laughs> watching this right now, yeah. knowing this. Or so. you could just watch it as a cool sci-fi show where, that's the, where true. the good guys are trying to bust off a planet yeah. underneath uh-huh. a million thumbs. My, my, my political brain just uh, was, was, was processing way too. It was, it was uh, uh, revving up way too hard. Thinking too hard. Yes. Just so like I do sometimes. There's some lost episodes here, and now this is going to tweak your brain. They did webisodes. Um, they did five-minute webisodes um, right before season three, and they did about uh, six, eight, or ten of them. I can't I remember, remember the number. Yeah. But they could not 
get the rights to put those in any other format, like on DVD, on streaming, on anything. So you either watch them or you didn't, or maybe somebody on the interweb somewhere has copies of them. But they go into the backstory of the humans that decided to be suicide bombers. Wow. Interesting. So, this guy shows up in episode one. They're like, you're going to wear the vest, right? He's like, yeah, no problem. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you had to see how he, how they got there. And, yeah. and so uh, that even layered on even more of that uh, heavy uh, yeah. political stuff on there. Yeah. Interesting. Right on. Yeah, anyway, it was. Uh, I, I've been doing that. So just sitting in my chair kind of watching that and painting. It's been actually a nice exercise and helping me get through the episodes a little bit faster. Good for you. So, that's great, yeah. man. Yep, that's, that's been my week. Oh, oh, oh. And, of course, we had a Rogue Trader session this mm-hmm. last Saturday. Oh, yeah. That was good. So, I thought we had fun. Our guys ended up busting off a planet, stealing a ship, which what? was good. The funny thing is my plans for the night, that was probably going to take, I was thinking that was going to take the first 20 minutes. <laughs> I'm, I'm not kidding you. I thought you guys were just going to run to the bartender, grab the stuff, and leave. And the, you had this whole thing where you're going to confront Pev and the whole thing, you know. And so I had I had a whole session planned that we didn't even get to, and which is fine. Planning. Well, no, it was good because I, right. I needed something to do. But, you know, but pretty much like everything that you guys did except for the starship battle was all improv. So I, I think you, it's bro. funny because... Uh, we, you were like, you're just gonna, they're gonna take the ship and leave. It's like, no, we're gonna go, we're gonna go murder one of these guys that's been a main character <laughs> yeah. so far before we grab the ship. <laughs> we've got other things we've got to do. Yeah, I'm sitting here going like, okay, yeah, no problem. And, and you're like, all right, we want to go up in there. How many guys are in there with Pat? I'm like, there's four of them. Yeah, I yeah. heard that. I heard, I heard your your voice yep. pause. It's like, oh, yeah. he's not ready. Quick, roll the dice. Yeah, exactly. There's Beardy, Skinny Boy, <laughs> yeah, Panther Tattoo Guy, Scarface. Guys, uh, yeah. uh, Naval Lint. Naval Lint. I've run out of things to look at in this room. There's a cup of water. A cup of water Yeah, there. Cup, cup, of wa- cup of turf. Dusty Windowsill. He's, the next, he's standing next to the next yeah. to a guy named Dusty Windowsill. My, yeah, I, it's funny. You know, we were just covering up loose ends. That's right. Gotta get and, off well, planet, cut loose in. And and the secretary totally uh, offed herself, just like just <laughs> so, like what uh, Nick thought. So that he did. Yeah, that was interesting. It's well, and I put uh, yeah I put that in there because I'm like I don't want to like give you them any leads. Anymore? Yeah, like we, we gotta get off this planet. Let's get a look. <laughs> so uh, this is getting off topic because we're gonna jump into the news and then the main topic. But we need to talk about why certain universes get created. Okay, in the first place, like Star Trek universe got created because, you know, uh, Gene Roddenberry wanted to do Wagon Train to the Stars and he had to come up with something to do that. Uh, The Tolkien universe got created because Tolkien wanted to play around with languages and do his Mm -hmm. homage to Beowulf. My belief, and this is, uh, I'm going to create as much internet hate on me as I can. I say this with the most loving respect that any gamer can say to another gamer that the 40k universe exists purely to sell miniatures. 
<laughs> so it's well. grim and it's dark so the fur can fly and guys can die. <laughs> there you go. There's no other reason for this universe to work. I'm sorry. We can talk about it later. But um, uh, I hope no one was offended by my uh, opinion on why the, why the 40K universe exists. I I don't think I think you'd find more supporters for that than you think. <laughs> oh yeah, I think you would. But the lore is so good. The lore is what's helping sell those minis. No, hundred percent, hundred percent. And you get most of the lore out of the chapter books that cost eighty dollars. Yeah, right. Yeah, and I, I think there's probably a giant proportion of people who play this game that don't know anything about the depths of the lore yeah. in the game. They just uh, they know the lore that's included inside their book for their warband and they start to learn little bits and pieces as they play others but uh yeah there i think this yeah like off topic like you said but i think it's that's anything games workshop does they're doing it to make money in the way yeah. to stay alive as a company and the way they do that is they do they hype they they hype stuff up so they can sell more of their minis because that's yeah. where the, their yeah. money comes in Oh yeah, and we can we can throw Lucas film right under the bus too. Oh yep. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It's like how many <laughs> we're selling plastic toys here, people, and yeah. so uh, soccer moms have to be cool with this scene with this spaceship because I want her to buy this for Christmas. Anyway, I'll get yeah. off that. Too all bad right. we said penis in our podcast now. <laughs> yeah. all the soccer, soccer moms, moms are all gone. We lost all yeah, the soccer exactly. moms. <laughs> we lost all the soccer moms. I don't think I'm offending. I don't think there's any soccer moms listening. But if they right. are, you're welcome. Stay. We'll talk about penises more. <laughs> Great. <laughs> Moving uh, on. Moving yeah, on. so that's pretty much it for my Geek Week, though. It was, it was pretty fun. All right, here's the news. Um, there have been some shakeups at Wizards of the Coast. Mike Merles is the new head of Dungeons & Dragons RPG. Oh, sorry, Mike Merles is no longer the head of, of RPG. And Ray Winninger is now the new head. And so I'm not sure what that means for uh, the property or for the quality of work or for the types of things we can ex- ex- expect hmm. out of uh, Wizards of the Coast. But they've had a shakeup at the top of D&D. Uh, they've had a really good run, in my opinion. So um, uh, I, I can't say I'm I'm not nervous about how Five E is going to tack left or tack right or head straight based on. I'm kind of I'm kind of curious. Like uh, I I mean my, my that was my initial thought too, right? Like they've had a great run. Why the shakeup? Like what's is that, I mean should we be reading into this? Uh, your guess is as good as mine. Um, yeah, yeah. Who knows? Who knows? Um, they uh, uh, they got out of the splat book format and decided to publish great adventure books. And and guess what? It's been a real winner because um, I have bought lots of splat books on previous systems and going, oh, okay, well, the, you know, this this class book is coming out. I need it. That doesn't exist in Five E. Yeah. It's all. Are you gonna do Tiamat? Are you gonna do Sword? You know? Are you gonna do? Um, Ravenloft, what are you going to do? So anyway, I, I, I can wax philosophical about what what they're doing and why. They're certainly smarter than I am because they're raking in the cash. And this is the second great renaissance of D&D compared to its 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 early days, in my opinion. So The 1980s, right? I, I hope that a, a strategic change is not... I hope it doesn't hurt it because uh, a, a D&D leading the pack is so good for the hobby and so good for the industry. And um, yeah, uh, I, 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 I hope I, I wish Ray Winninger all the best, and and hope they continue to put out quality products. Interesting, right on. Our our next piece of news is Gen Con is not yet canceled. 
they've postponed mm-hmm. the release of their event catalog and the opening of their event registration. So what that means is a lot of you are probably wondering what the heck, why put everybody in limbo for so long? There's a clause in almost all of these contracts called force majeure. And that basically means if there's an overwhelming force like a hurricane, an act of God, or the governor saying no more than 20 people on a city block, then uh, everybody gets to walk away from the contract without getting burned or sued. So um, you'll notice a lot of these, uh, not just game conventions, any kind of convention, game or not, they have to wait closer and closer and closer to the dates to see if the if the force majeure uh, clause can activate. So I don't blame Gen Con for being, you know, higgledy-piggledy here. Um, but uh, so it's, we're just in wait and see mode. I've already bought my Gen Con ticket, and I don't even, even if it's on, I'm debating whether or not I even want to go because that's a lot of people. And usually I pick up a, a pretty nasty cold at Gen Con. Um, and a, a, a fatal uh, virus without a without a uh, 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 what do you call it? Uh, you know the medicine you get that makes it go away. Vaccine. A vaccine. Thank you, Jay. I don't know. I'm I'm up in the air. Um, I, it could go either, either way. Let's let's see as we get closer. I I saw a meme probably being posted in mid uh, March that said. Uh, you know, we're all gonna ner- learn the term force measure like real quick. Yeah, 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 exactly. Here I am. I'm force yeah. majoring it. Yeah. The thing about force majeure is that it only protects the people who are gonna run the event. The people who own the event location, they're out money. Yeah. And yeah. they need that. I mean, they're paying loans on the property. Right. 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 Yeah. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. Well, so either way, someone's coming out of this hurt. Well, and and I mean, it doesn't mean that, you know, like, if it gets canceled, it doesn't mean that Gen Con has to refund your money either, you know. Oh yes, and, this is and, true. And sometimes too, like, the deposit is non-refundable even in the event of a force measure, right? So it just means that you don't have to come up with the rest of the money. It just depends on how it's sort of written. So. Yep. Yeah, I mean, it's complicated. Um, you know, I was thinking, I was like, oh, that's kind of a big deal. But then I thought about it like, you know, even if they delayed the event registration until like the 1st of July is not terrible. You know what I mean? Even though it's like three weeks away. Because, I mean, there's a lot of slack time between the 1st of May and when the event happens that you can switch tickets around and do they stuff. They give and, themselves you know. so much time to print envelopes. Yeah. There's got to be a digital way to do this. I know they already yeah. have an app. They've already laid the foundation. I mean, it's time for them to jump into the 21st century. You still, as a game uh, a game master, have to collect little slips of paper and put them in an envelope. It's like and and then go know. take it to go take it to someone who counts it. I mean, wouldn't it be nice if you had an app and just said like there well, you know how many people showed up for being and just well submitted. last year they they started that last year so yeah. I yeah. played oh, several exactly. sessions exactly. where they actually just scanned our badges and oh, we nice. never presented tickets. Yeah. Okay. I, I think they well could done. be forced in a position where. They have to do that because I, the, the standing in line for things that have been printed out on dead trees at Gen Con is ridiculous. Mm-hmm. I think that this, I was, I would guess that this year we were going to see all digital tickets because last year they only did it with like 30%, I think is what they were saying, something yeah. like that, 30% because they were oh, trying cool. it out last yeah. year. 
Huh. Well, I don't Very know. Cool. We'll see. We'll see. Buckle up. Uh, last yeah. uh, item of news. Uh, comic relief announced. Not comic relief from the 80s with uh, Robin Williams and, and Whoopi Goldberg. Different <laughs> right? comic relief. They announced. A t- <laughs> they're like, are they still going? That's Robin's, a. That's a. Robin's that's dead. a random one. Exactly. exactly. From the grave. From the grave. He's got a rubber nose and suspenders. <laughs> naru naru. Uh, so comic relief announced. <laughs> a Dungeons and Dragons special next week to raise money for coronavirus response charities. Uh, comic relief is a long-running UK-based charity organization which um, runs multiple fundraisers over the years for different causes. Most well known being the Children in Need special. That had Rowan Atkinson as the Doctor in, Doctor, in a Doctor Who parody. So these guys are pretty cool. Um, so if you're interested in that, just Google Comic Relief Dungeons and Dragons and see see what you get. Um, and it might be kind of fun. Right on. Watch the news. Thank you for the news, Mr. Dan. We appreciate it. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, so we've got a couple topics. The first one of the day is initiative, and we want to talk about RPG initiative and also maybe some board game initiative. Um, yeah, uh, let's talk, like, what starts games or what starts rounds? Um, let's kick it off with the RPG stuff. What are the ones that we're most familiar with? So the ultimate classic one from back in the day is you roll your initiative, you generate a score, the, all the NPCs also have an initiative score, and then you play things out in that numerical order. Mm-hmm. Right? From fastest to slowest. Yep. Um, this one is tried and true. Uh, you know, you know, shampoo, rinse, repeat. You can throw a rock in a, in, in a game store and find uh, find an RPG that, that runs it this way. I mean, who hasn't heard Roll Initiative, right? Yeah. yeah. I mean, like, that's what it is. What are the pros of this, and what are the cons of this? Well, the pros are everybody knows what to do, and you know that you know where you are in the lineup. Right. The, the cons are you know where you are on the lineup. So mm-hmm. if you're in a big battle and there's a lot of players and it takes a player a long time and you come up with a crap initiative, you just get up and walk away from the table and go to the kitchen or hit the restroom. Um, that happens a lot. Yeah, I think that this. Uh, <clears throat> I think that it's very much more for the hardcore RPGers, the role players that want to say, you know, well, the persons who should go first are the persons whose skills are such that they respond faster to things. Right. Um, so you know, if you have if you have buffed up your character for initiative roles then that means your character specifically will be able to go earlier in the line. Um, But I think one thing we'll learn as we talk about other orders is going first isn't necessarily, you know, the best thing to do. Yeah. So uh, in my opinion, yeah. Yeah. What, what I think a couple of games that we've played and I'll specifically reference star Wars, FFG, FFG here, because I always do. Dur. Um, what happens there is uh, initiative rolls are generated based on one, one stat or another stat, and they're collectively grouped in in the adversaries and the players, and the players are assigned different slots. So based on the initiative rolls, the players may get the first second, the first and second slot, not the third, not the fourth, but maybe maybe the fifth and sixth, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. So they get reorganized based on. Uh, a collective pooling of initiative that allows certain characters to go first that would normally go first that haven't statted up for it. For instance, 
that that allows all of your ranged characters to shoot and then all your melee guys to go in so you're not shooting around melee. It also allows your face character to try to talk their way through ending the encounter first, right? Before, mm -hmm. um, mm -hmm. you know, because you always have a face character that's like, well, we're fighting now. I guess I'll go last, shoot at nothing, and check my, check my email on my phone. Um, so it can benefit that. The other thing is it just benefits like guys lobbing grenades. You know, if you're the grenade character and you roll a crap initiative and all of the melee characters have run forward, you're sitting there with grenades going, oh, well, I, I guess I'm not throwing fireball this turn. I got to come up with something else. That's a game in and of itself is how to work around your players, your, your co-players and how to be efficient and work as a team that really matters and that can be part of the fun if it's if it's designed properly yeah i you know it's interesting because rogue trader um is your traditional one where it's like okay dan you rolled a 13 jason you rolled 11 bad guy rolled a nine bad guy rolled a seven justin rolled a five so that's our order right it's it's traditional like that I'm not playing it like that. I like the way that you run the FFG initiative order where it says, okay, the players have slots one, two, and three. The bad guys have four and five. Um, you know, so that's a, a variation on it. I think the downside of this initiative system, it, the biggest downside in my opinion, is that it takes time, right? Like everybody's got to roll and then the GM has to be like, okay, wait, hold on. I have to roll for all of these guys. Okay, get yeah. their scores. All right, now, wait, wait, what's everybody's score? Okay, and then yeah. you take all the scores and then you have to rack and stack them. Yeah. You know what I mean? And, like, that right there is taking precious gaming moments, in my opinion, away from the game, and it slows it down a little bit. So, um, uh, yeah. Uh, there are some tips to this method, and I'll just leave the tip real quick. I have a set of playing cards that I put inside a plastic sleeve. So I put a red card on one side, the ace is number one, then two, three, four, all the way to, to king, right? There's red on one side, black on the other, right? So I shout out a number and I shout out my highest number. Can anybody beat a four initiative? Oh yes, two people can beat it. So two, two, uh, two slots to the good guys, two red cards, slot one, slot two. And now I know slot three is black, and I flip it. And I make a stack of red cards and black cards, and I stack them up, and then I, I, then I can integrate them and then, and then flip them to figure out, you know, using the mechanic yeah. of the card whose who's turns into decks. You also have to train everybody to do it that way. You have to train everybody to shut up and not tell you your initiative, you know, and not tell you twice. It's like, hey, does anybody beat a four? Yeah, I bought a beat a four. Dude, you just beat a five also. Don't tell me that again. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> You're missing out the count. So, you know, it takes a little bit a little bit of work. Um, uh, it I, I like this system when people are don't know each other very well and they're not there's not a lot of familiarity because people can be deferential to other other players. If somebody doesn't know what they want to do and they want to hang back, they can do that. If you have a person who's gung ho and says, "Hey, I, I, I get a I get a plus three if I just go first. Will you let me?" Everybody's like, "Yeah, sure. Take your plus three. That's great." So, yeah. Um, yeah, I, I would say that the um, so the, the downside of the traditional method is it takes time. Um, I think that your tip is fantastic, and in fact, that's something I'll probably integrate is the way I call it out. Because I've been being like, okay, wait, Lorcan, what was your score? Jason, what was your score? You know what I mean? Anyway, um, so calling it out the other way I think will help. 
Um, the the downside though to the pooled initiative for the players, in my opinion, is that sometimes you get the uh, silence. Right. All right, players are up. Who's up? Silence. Yeah. You know, too you know, much like, deferentialness. Some, somebody go. Yeah, please. <laughs> you know, like, somebody please make a decision. You know, I, I think I had to say, uh, I don't have the combat character, but I'm going to shoot because no one else is going yeah. now. Yeah, yeah, and or or it's like you get down to like the last two or three guys, and you're like, okay, this is the player slot who hasn't gone yet. Silence, and you're like, okay, there's only mm. three of you. Somebody's got to go. Yeah, you know. <laughs> yeah, Is it, there's there's pros and cons to every system. Jay, what's another system besides uh, shared slots and and numeric ordering? Well, um, there are a couple. There are a couple that we could talk about. There's also the um, <clears throat> there's a combination of those two, which we talked about in our Shadow of the Demon Lord podcast. Where there's the fast turn and the slow turn initiative set up, where you have, um, there is no real initiative in that game, which is one reason why I love this syst- that system, is because it goes so fast. Um, you just say, all right, top of the turn, we're going to go with fast turns, right? So anyone that wants to take a fast turn, players all go first, and then bad guys that are going to take fast turns go first. And they get one action, and only one action. And then after that, We go to the bottom of the turn, which is the slow turns. Whoever wants to take a slow turn, you get two things you can do. And then the players go, and then the bad guys go in the slow turns. And I like this one because there's no rolling, there's no initiative, there's no figuring out, looking at my sheet and saying, how do I roll initiative again? It's just fast turns. And the other thing that's good about it, Justin, that you kind of mentioned is when you're GMing that system, you can treat fast turns like real-time fast. Yeah. So if you say, I do like that. all right, fast turns, and if nobody goes, okay, slow turns, or okay, monsters are going. You lost your chance. And yep. it, the point is, you it, the point of a fast turn is you're supposed to know exactly what you want to do, and you're gonna do something real fast. And if you don't, then the monsters go. And if the monsters or bad guys, whatever you want to call them, are going first, all of the ones that want to go, the players are gonna start quickly thinking about what they're gonna do in the slow turn. Yeah. But yeah, that's a absolutely. system that I really enjoy because there's no real initiative rolling. It's just there are two segments. You know exactly where you're going to be in that. Yeah. Yeah, I, I really like that one, too. As a GM, it made things way easier because I could think about, like, what the monsters were doing rather than having to calculate numbers. Mm-hmm. You know, so the that, other thing that about nice. that, Yeah, the other thing about that system, sorry, is that uh, it makes you, initially when you hear it, you think, oh, man, and that players are always going to be have an advantage because they can always go first. The, the, the problem with that that thought is that this the system that that initiative is is used in is a very lethal system uh and if the monsters are always going last that means that the players cannot react to anything that a monster does so if you say well all right we're just going to kill that monster so that he can't go if you if your attack fails and you're standing out in the middle of the open there is nothing any other player can do to help you because it is now the bad guy's complete yeah. turn we had a few guys almost die we had yeah. a few guys almost die because they were bleeding out and nobody could stop it that, yeah. Actually, we had a yeah. few guys die that way because it's not our tur- it's not the player's turn in the initiative order anymore <laughs> yeah yeah oh, so you got to think about it lord how, mm. how many times we love thee let me count the yeah. ways the system <laughs> yeah. is really designed to kill you as hey there has as to be possible. threat or the game just feels like you're on god mode, and That's it's true. not as fun. It's so fun. I'm sh- I'm sure that there's a, are there any other RPG initiatives that we want to talk about? 
Or that we know off the top um, of our head? Oh, this is not one for an RPG per se. There's one for... Uh, one of the problems with the risk of the board game is turn order. Uh, the person who goes first has an upper hand the whole game. Mm-hmm. They fix this in Risk uh, 2150, where you have a currency called energy. You can spend that energy to buy troops and to buy cards and to upgrade your stuff. Or you can... Um, uh, everyone puts a number of energy in their fist. Everybody puts their fist in the middle of the table. You open. Whoever has spent the most energy gets to pick when they want to go. Yeah. So at certain times of the game, it's better to go first. You're going to be doing great. And other times of the game, you want to go last to, to kill as many opponents as you can and, and really you know, score up uh, for uh, the uh, victory points and stuff like that. And you can adjust it based on, well, do I need this to build or do I need the, to move or do I need to move, move last? And then it's betting because once you spend it, it's gone. Mm-hmm. You know, yeah. it's like, oh, crap, I dropped all this energy and now I'm going forth. And oh, no, worst of worst of all worlds. It's, that's, yeah. it's kind of fun. The uh, City of Iron, uh, steampunk Euro game by Red Raven, uh, the company Red Raven, um, they do the same thing, uh, a sim- very similar thing. At the end, at the beginning of every turn, players spend gold to buy their order and the priority. But what a, one thing I like about it is you can spend gold to go either direction. You can spend oh. gold to be earlier, or you can spend gold to be later. You just get this bidding war for maintaining a position in the in the order. Because there are there are reasons when you play that game to want to go last, so you can spend money to make sure you go last. So, cool idea. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, so we've kind of moved into board games, which is totally fine. I was thinking, um, you know, some of some of the initiative um, that you play, and, and this just happened the other day, we're playing Small World with my family, and the initiative is who has the pointiest ears, right? <laughs> and, like, that determines who goes. And, you know, most, yeah. <laughs> most of the time, you know, or it's like um, when you're playing... Um, what is that survival game? Forbidden Island, right? Mm-hmm, um, yeah. The the player who goes first was the person who traveled to an island last. Or Ninja you know? Dice, the last person to see a kung fu movie. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> exactly. So there's all sorts of these little, like, you know, quirky, instead of like, oh, roll a dice, whoever gets higher gets to go first, yeah. you know, yeah. um, these quirky things. I think for the most part, like, the types of games that you're playing, like, it fortunately doesn't really matter who has the pointiest ears, who right. goes first. You know what I mean? Like. Yeah. Um, you know, it, it, everybody's going to get a turn and it's going to be fine. Um, I would, I would be loathe if, you know, the, the pointiest ears was like on a game, um, where that would be very deterministic of who wins, like risk, for example, like you're saying, Dan, you know, and all of a sudden it's like, oh dude, just because that guy looks like freaking Yoda means he's going to win the game. Like, that's just great. Not cool. (laughs) So that was a, that was an initiative that I thought with board games, you know, which is kind of some of the quirky things, you know. Yeah, yeah, and there's lots of different ways to do it, um, and um, the trick is is to in any combat scenario, in any turn, the game is succeeded when everyone is plugged into everybody else's turn, and that is your win condition. Okay. The worst games in the world are when it takes so long to do a player's turn, and they know they're eighth, plus the bad guys, and they totally mentally or physically check out of the game. Oh, my gosh. 
And, yeah, it's the uh, worst. It, yeah. and, and it happens all the time. You can, you know, and mm-hmm. so um, whatever you're doing, uh, if, if you need to help the story aspect to spice up the battle, do that in an RPG. Um, because you gotta, you got to keep people invested somehow into what's going on. Mm-hmm. Yeah, we played just uh, last night. Uh, we played... Oh, was it? Yesterday was Sunday, right? Time is meaningless now with this quarantine <laughs> thing. I have no idea. Anyways, we played Payday as a family, which we talked about before as one of the family games that we play. And, um, yeah, it's constantly talking about with our kids, you know. It's because that's a game that's fun, and it moves fast. But when it is not your turn, you do nothing. Absolutely nothing. And yeah. so we're just constantly teaching our kids, hey, when it's... When your turn is over, you pass the dice. And when you get the dice, you go as fast as you can, still in an enjoyable manner, but as fast as you can to allow the people next in, in line to Which get the Which means you need to be thinking, right? Yeah. You need to be thinking before you get the dice. Exactly. It's a yeah. bigger deal and, if you have a lot of kids. Yeah. <laughs> Which Jason yes, does. <laughs> yeah, I still want to invent that thing that, like, when you pass the dice, they don't go. It starts going Bueller. Bueller. Yeah. <laughs> Electroshock in the chair. Ow, yeah. Dad, yeah. ow. <laughs> yeah. My kids I'm I'm I need to I need to back off a little bit. My one of my kids will get up to get some like a drink and if they're not back when the dice comes in like, Alright, we're skipping you, Audrey. You're done. <laughs> Turns over, you're not at the table. I like how you called out Audrey. That's fantastic. <laughs> get it together, kid. My father when I was twelve years old would never <laughs> let me have a turn if I needed to pee during a board game. Uh, Jason, you were talking earlier before we started the podcast about the Firefly skirmish game. Yeah, um, in terms of uh, initiative in that right. game is very well. I don't know if it's interesting. I uh, my opinion, I thought it was interesting. Yeah, it may not be w- good, but I thought it was interesting. Right, good point. Um, so the way that system works, and we'll just simplify it real quick rather than go through the rules, is based on. When, when it's your turn, you can take actions that, that require a certain, like, uh, that have a certain point value. Like, a really big action has a really big number, and, like, a small action has a small number. Like, if you're going to just do something really simple, it, it, that action has a, a small uh, point value associated with it. And there's a, basically a track that goes all the way around the board, and you have a little player token for everyone that's playing the game, and you all start in the same place on that track. And depending on depending on um, the size of action that you take, your token moves up the track. So if I take an action that has a point value of one, I'll grab my player character token and I'll move it one space up on the initiative track. Uh, If the person that goes next behind me takes an action of five, he'll move five places up the track, which will, you know, put him uh, ahead of me on that track. Well, when the next turn comes around, you start from the lower number and go up. So I would go before that guy because my token came before him on the track. So in essence, you could take, you know, if somebody took a big turn, let's say a number five, right? Yep. Mm-hmm. Um, and you took a number two and yep. a number one. So yep. you went number one and number two. <laughs> <laughs> Nailed it, guys. Nailed getting those, it. Getting those thirteen-year-olds back in yep. here. Yep. Um, so if you went number one and number two, you would you would take a third action yep. before um, that guy even had his second. You know, yeah. Yeah, because it's like it's almost like a recovery time, right? He did something really big. It takes him time to recover. Meanwhile, you're doing all these little things. So I think the problem is, is it sound not the problem, but initially when we discuss it, it sounds you know this kind of makes sense kind of makes sense there was no dice rolling there was no you know 
Yeah. Where where I think, in my opinion, where I think it breaks down, and a very simple thing could fix it, but I think where it breaks down is what happens if two people take the exact same, they start in the same location, and they take the same point value of an action. So I move forward two, and then you take a two action, and you, or let's say you were one behind me. I uh-huh. move, I do a two action, I move forward two. You do a three action, it now puts your token sitting uh, right on top of mine on the initiative. Yeah. Yeah. What happens is the next time we start a turn, you start from the top down. So you will actually go before me, even though you did an action that was uh, stronger than me. Actually, you know what? I reversed that. Let's back that up. Let's assume they all started from the same location, right? Yeah. It swaps the person. So what the problem that I have with it, and I'm, I'm beefing it up, but you get the idea. The problem I have with it is that... If I take a small action and then you take a small action, you will get to go before me, even though right. I went before you and took the right. same strength of an action. I remember asking about that, and I felt like I felt the answer we got though was uh, I'm not 100 percent sure this is the way we're playing it, but I could yeah. be wrong. Like I haven't played that game since we played it, but maybe they fixed it. Whereas like if you land on the same one, you go to the bottom of the stack. Which they might would have, make and, sense. and that's where I'm. You know, I messed it up in my example because the person who went three would actually be underneath you, but. Uh, I remember when we played it, the game creator came over and we were asking him about it, just like you said, Justin. He was like, they were like, well, no, that's just the way it is. Oh, yeah, that's true. <laughs> the lady that was helping us at first didn't know and she went yeah, and she got was like, the no, game creator. that's weird. Yeah. Yeah, this and the is, game creator was like, nope, that's right. Firefly Adventures, Brigands and Browncoats? Yeah, Brigands yep. and Browncoats. And that's the, on my opinion, that was, now, the game itself was an, was an okay mini game. It was game. okay. It, it was, was an okay, okay game. Which but is that initiative thing really kind of messed it up for me. I heard from everybody else that it was hot garbage. Hot garbage. <laughs> I mean, yeah. yeah. Th- I, think, I think Sean like... Fielding didn't like it. Or, uh, did, did Sean like it? I can't remember. Well, I feel like the initiative thing was a big issue that most of us had with it. Yeah. Because, yeah. you know, it was, it, there were about five of us. I think it played five people. I think there were five of us that went and played it. I just didn't think it was that engaging. It there's, wasn't really. There's a hundred minis games. games out there, and yeah. I don't need my minis game to be skinned Firefly because I can <sighs> take a great minis game and say this one's Mal, and this one's Zoe. Yeah. Sorry to throw these guys under the bus, but you either make a great game or you don't. Yeah. There was one thing about the game I really enjoyed, and uh, not really, but I thought was really cool. Let me say it that way, and that is that you could, and there are other games that do this too, where you can flip uh, your character based on what's going on so you can kind of have like a cool mode like i'm cool like everything's fine i'm walking down the street yeah and you don't look like a threat in that mode and then but you can choose to flip your card to an aggret like you're in like go mode right and when you you flip your card into go mode yeah, yeah then you get different powers but then you look like a threat and enemies will engage you um, that and that kind of stuff. So it did kind of give a sense of you know you could first get on a scene when you're when when you're going through, you know doing your heist or whatever, and you're all kind of walking around town. It's not till you get inside to your location that you flip your card and then go. Yeah. But then you got there's, there's two different minis too. Yeah, were there, there two minis? Yes, there were. Yeah, there were yeah, two because there were action yep. uh, figures. Yeah, there were standing and then action one. Mm-hmm. So yeah. you're guaranteed ten minis of the Firefly crew, one in combat, one in chill out mode. Yeah. yeah, and uh, there's another game that we just recently played that was like that. The uh, the Marvel uh, what was it called? Cha- uh, Champions. Marvel Champions. Yeah, your your hero has two sides to the card. You can be in kind of you know you're either in alter ego mode or you're in hero mode. Yeah, depending right. on which mode you're in is how the bad guys attack you. 
So there's something to be said for a game that's, you know, 35, 40 bucks, and you're guaranteed 10 minis that are great. That's true. That's true. And I I have bought a game not knowing how good it was going to be, not caring, because I saw how many cool-looking minis and how many were in the box. And I did the math, and I'm like, oh, this is on sale for 15 bucks. I'm getting these for 15 cents each or whatever it was. Yeah, bring it. Yeah, I think I paid $120 for the Deep Madness reprint. And it came with, like, all the expansions. I think I got, like, 100-some minis. And they're all, you know, crazy, dark, evil-looking minis. Kind of stuff oh, I like. Right. But, stuff you but I mean, it's like 100-plus minis. And these are good quality minis. I'm like, this is like a buck a mini. That's pretty yeah. good. You know? See, yeah. There's some, see, look, I found... Yeah, we're, let's not just damn it with faint praise. We can say, well, look, there's a production <laughs> well, value. Uh, yeah. The, the <laughs> okay. sculpts, actually, I've pulled it up. The sculpts are kind of cool. And you do get a sense of how the characters are on the show from the sculpts. And, you know, if you're playing Jane, Jane in chill-out mode has his beanie cap on. So he's 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 chill, Jane. But then, you know, if you're fighting with him, he's got his big, uh, big yeah. earth of gun. So, so to, be, cool. to be fair, though, Dan, we were talking about the initiative of the game. Yeah, the, the best <laughs> so I that's... can say is that these guys did some nice <laughs> miniature work. Yeah, and it's exactly. probably a good value if you throw away the whole game and keep the minis. Keep the minis, <laughs> yeah, yeah. And the other thing about that game is it came with uh, it was all 3D because of the minis, but the the, the uh, buildings uh, were all cardboard. The houses were just like it's cardboard all paper, paper, craft. paper craft, but it was <laughs> paper it wasn't like super good paper craft. No, it wasn't. It wasn't. There we go. There we go. Yeah. We tried to. We tr- I tried to pull it out of the fire you after could. T- telling the. You it was burning too much. <laughs> it was burning too much. You know what? We should break it out and play it again, to because just just to to give it another go. Nobody has bought it because it wasn't. No, I have it. I have it. You, you, you did? bought it. Well, so Flinton, uh, one of our buddies, uh, he he did an entire Gen Con uh, helping out with Gale Force Nine. Oh, that's right. Remember that? That's so that. you got a free one. And he got he got like a bunch of games because he helped out. And one of the games he gave him was that. He he wasn't really interested in it, so he, he passed <laughs> it off to me. So I've got it. So you when this virus is all over. Oh well. Okay. All right. Well now I don't want to talk crap about your favorite. Or maybe we'll game. find it on tabletop simulator. Yeah. There you go. <laughs> uh, maybe it'll look better on tabletop simulator. <laughs> <laughs> That's not some good. real buildings. So, uh, no, but, but getting back to initiative though. Yeah. If you don't have a fix for the initiative, you you have to house rule the initiative tracker then. Yeah, you'd have to basically say, okay, if you're landing on the same thing, you need to go underneath. Yeah, which go isn't underneath. a terrible house rule, and I think that you could easily interpret it that way. Because um, I don't know if it was a, I don't know if it was a fixed thing of saying like you had to land on top, you know. But we just thought it was a weird thing. And when the creator came over, he's like, yeah, well, it is what it is. <laughs> I think he was just kind of like, I'm not rewriting these rules at this. It point. was pretty interesting because I remember at one point he sat there at the table, like scratching his chin. With us and was like, hmm, about something else. And they were like, well, I mean, is, is it going to change? And he was like, no, 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 these are final final prints, final material. Oh, my gosh. Oh, Wrong okay. time to play test. Look, yep. I, I, I'm throwing so much shade at Firefly Adventures, Brigands of Brown Coats. They've done two extra add-ons since then. There's, oh, there's... I, I'm sure there are fans. Any, you know, no, no, Firefly, no, not just fans. These are these are uh, uh, what, what do you call them when you add on to a board game? Expansions. Expansions. Yeah. There's two expansions. Yeah. Oh yeah. I wouldn't doubt it. I mean, there's something for everybody, and that's what's great about this industry, yeah. right? Is you know, there may be a game that I, that we you know, there may be a game <clears throat> Alien Frontiers <clears throat> that we all really hate. 
that, that uh, a bunch of game. people just totally geek out at, and that's what's so, great. Yeah, you know, we, there's we, something for everybody. I, and I hate internet haters, and tonight I became one, so I got to shout out. <laughs> I want everybody to shame me for throwing shade and, and, and internet hate out there at Firefly Adventures. Firefly and 40K. So so the last the last <laughs> initiative that I want to touch on super quick, though, is um, some wargaming initiative. And Jason and I have had a lot of discussions about oh, yes. this because um, in 40K, for example, um, you um, roll a dice. Whoever wins goes first, and, and then whoever loses goes second. And it's that way for the entire game. It's fixed, yeah. right? Mm-hmm. And there's some serious advantages of going first, but then there's also some – there could be some advantages of going second. And um, I think that people just sort of learn how to play towards that, right? You, I mean, if you want to be good at the game, you need to know how to, like – play if you're going second with your army or play if you're going first, right? Um, Age of Sigmar is a little bit different, though, in that you do do a priority roll, um, but that lets you set up your miniatures first. And whoever ends up dropping their miniatures, like all of their miniatures on the table first, right? You set it up by unit. Um, Whoever can put all their miniatures on the table first, they're the ones that um, get to choose who goes first, so that could be advantageous if you get a really low drop count, right, for your units, and you can choose. You can say, hey, I want you to go first, knowing that you have a really good counterpunch, for example. Um, but then what happens is you do a priority roll, and um, the winner then gets to choose if they go first or second. Um, so the thing that happens is the dreaded double turn in Age of Sigmar. So, for example, um, let's say, Dan, you and I are playing, and um, you end up saying, hey, uh, I'm going to go first, and you come in and you smash my army, and I fight you back pretty good, but, you know, you hit me hard first, so, you know, I was at, like, maybe three-quarter strength hitting you back, and I didn't get a good thing. Well, we could roll a dice together, and I win that dice roll, and I say, I'm going first. So I get essentially a back-to-back turn. Um, which could be huge, right? Yeah. Um, it could turn the tide of the game completely. Yeah. Um, and I've been in games where you've had two double turns. You know, like I got double turned, and then I double turned the next the next time that it came up. You know, Jeez. and um, so those kind of games are a little bit crazy. And I think right now in the meta for Age of Sigmar, that priority role, that initiative. I mean, I'm going to call it an initiative because that's what it is, right? It's determining who goes first. I think it works, but I think in some, as the game is moving towards more of a shooting meta where there's a lot more shooting, it doesn't work because yeah, um, if you get double turned and they're shooting you, like you're just dead. There's no, there's no retaliation. Well, somebody and I was talking with a guy, and you, you, you're much better with names than I am, and I've played this Anthony. guy, Anthony Lawrence. Thank you very much. Yeah, he, <laughs> great guy, really fun to play with. He's based out of Boston area. Boston, yep. Um, I've played him, uh, played him once, and but seen him in, around the tables at at, um, at tournaments and things. He made a really good point. He said that what what was great about Age of Sigmar was. It's an active. It's an alternating activation game. So even when it's your turn, when it's time to go to the combat uh, part of phase, I activate, then you activate. I right. activate, then you activate. And yeah. then when it's your turn, it's the same thing. You activate, then I activate. You activate, then I activate. So we're all we're both engaging regardless of whose turn it is. The problem with the shooting is that it's not an alternating activating portion of the game. Right. So 
when it's my turn, I have a movement. F I, I have a shooting phase, and in that shooting phase, if I have a shooting army, I just I just do all my shots and everything. Okay. Then we have the combat phase. Well, I could have just kept myself completely out of combat from you because I'm a shooting army. In that case, I shoot you completely. There's no combat, so you get no alternating activation. You get no interaction with me on that turn. We roll priority. I double turn you. I get an entire another round of shooting, and you haven't had a chance to activate at all. Yeah. And that's the problem with this double turn. That's what a lot of people are worried about with this double turning is the game is the game started. It was fantasy based. There was like little shooting at all. Yeah, a couple and of now dudes it's had bows, but it was, yeah, yeah. It started to so, change the meta a little bit. So yeah. the there's initiative in this isn't isn't working as well as it used to. Yeah, there, I would I would think so. Yeah. There's a term that we that we're using we use an X wing a lot, which is a negative play experience, mm -hmm. where the game designers come up with something so cute and so interesting and so creative, it gets into the hands of the player. They manipulate it farther than the game designer intended. And suddenly the game is not fun anymore because one player is winning too quickly. Yeah, emergent and, gameplay. And then yeah. they ha then they have to then then it has to be nerfed in an errata or something eh, like that. Yeah, nobody or, likes nerfs. Um, so uh, that that's a thing. Um, you know, I, I, first of all, it's really hard to design these games to to stand up to the type of you know onslaught that hundreds of players at a tournament people can invest so yeah, much that's money a great point. into. You know, I, I, you know, these these are very hard things to pull off. You know, I know I couldn't sit down and, and, and write the equivalent of an Age of Sigmar, and you know, uh, maybe I could, but no one would play it, right? So right. Uh, yeah. that being said, that being said, though, um, you know, the designer who who has thought of something great and logical and right, it doesn't mean a hill of beans if it creates a negative play experience. Because right. you create a negative play experience and people go, well, this game sucks. I'm not going to give them money. Therefore, no one's playing the game. Therefore, the game shrinks and disappears and finds its itself in the dustbin of history. Um, you know, X-Wing had this problem so bad that they you have to play with an app where quarterly they change the point values of every unit in the game. Everything is still legal. Everything that they've printed is legal, and they don't reword any of the cards. But they found one of those negative play experiences, and if you want to play this force power on Darth Vader, it costs you, you know, literally 15 to 20% of your available points to right, do right. one upgrade on one card. And um, and that's how they, they, they fix those problems, because there's so many infinite combinations Playtesting cannot cover every possible combination. And so that's how they've done it. X-Wing, by the way, while we were talking about initiatives, you buy your initiative based on your pilot, right? So if, you, if, you, if you've paid a lot for a, a Vader or a Suter Fell, you're going to watch everybody else go, then you get to go, and then you get to shoot before they get to shoot, um, which is another way to say... You know, you could have one or two aces or a field of ten TIE fighters that all go, that have crappy initiative, but it's all built into the, it's all equaled out in the point system of building your list. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. And, and you know, it's interesting because um, I think when they first did the initiative with Age of Sigmar, it made perfect sense, as, as we were saying, like, it was a very melee-centric um 
concept, right? So it was like it didn't really matter who went first. Maybe you charged in first. Maybe you didn't. Maybe you could counterpunch. But the melee activation was you go, I go, you go, I go, you go, I go until we've mm-hmm. exhausted all of our units. Well, with the introduction of magic, with the introduction of shooting that is all range stuff, um, it'll be interesting to see if this initiative mechanic is a negative play experience, right? If it ends up becoming obsolete, where it was very good before, maybe it becomes obsolete because the rules of the game have evolved past it, you know, and um, they may have to end up changing the mechanics on it. So, um, you know, it, it again, there's multiple, multiple, multiple ways of figuring out who gets to take their turn in that moment, and that's initiative, and it's interesting to see how um, board games end up doing it. It's interesting to see how wargaming does it. Um, you know, it's interesting to see how uh, RPGs do it. And there's a lot of different um, interpretations of this. My uh, my goal for all of you listeners, and, and my recommendation is find something that works. If you like it, use it. You know, I mean, yeah. um, a lot of times the games are built a certain way, but um, like I'm doing with Rogue Trader, I'm sort of adapting it from the Star Wars thing too because I just don't like the fixed positions. I think that it needs a little bit more... Um, uh, what is the word I'm looking for? A little bit more flexibility in yeah. the initiative. It gives know? more Lidity. tactics to the player. Yeah, and I think that's great. I think it, I think it it adds a lot more. Makes the heroes feel a little bit more, uh, or the characters feel a little bit a little bit more heroic. Mm-hmm. So yeah. what a anyway. great topic! We had two yeah. other topics we didn't even touch. We won't even mention what they are. Yep. Another day, It'll and come. you will never know. Yes. Until we talk about them. I think I said out loud, oh, we'll talk about initiative in ten minutes and be done. <laughs> Here we are. <laughs> oh, who's an idiot? This yeah. guy is. This guy is. Well, thank you guys for joining us this week. Uh, we hope you like the topic. Uh, feel free to reach out to us on Facebook, uh, our Discord channel, and uh, leave any comments on our podcast. Um, pick it up, share it with your friends, like and subscribe. The more listeners we have, the better we'll get, I'm sure. I think that's how the metric works, right? The more right. listeners we get, the better we end up being. Yeah, and the more internet hate, which helps us raise our game. Yep. It just fuels us. Yep. <laughs> I, I, I taste your tears. Your, all of your vitriol is my breakfast. Yum, 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 yum. Thank you so much, everybody, for listening. Have a great night. See ya.